Welcome to Notes from Your Acupuncturist, the podcast for anyone who's interested in acupuncture, complementary medicine, holistic health, and self-care. I'm your host, Alexa Bradley-Halsey. If you enjoy this show, you can help other people discover it by leaving a rating or a review, by following or subscribing on your favorite podcast listening app, or simply by telling someone about it. And if you'd like to support this show financially, you can become a paid subscriber on Substack for just a few dollars a month. Just head over to substack.com and search notes from your acupuncturist or click the link in the show notes. And one more thing before we get started, just a disclaimer that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a replacement for medical care from a qualified healthcare provider. Okay, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Notes from Your Acupuncturist. I'm Alexa, and today my guest is licensed acupuncturist Albert Vaca. Albert and I are going to be talking about pain, all kinds of pain, back pain, musculoskeletal pain, nerve pain, and how to have less of it. Albert has been in practice since 2007 and currently practices at the world-renowned Dow of Wellness in Pasadena, California. He's completed advanced certification in acupuncture orthopedics and specializes in musculoskeletal disorders and helping people live pain-free with Chinese medicine. He's also the author of the book, Back to Pain-Free Health, Secrets of Natural Healing for Back Pain. We have so much to talk about. Albert, welcome. Hi, thank you, Alexa. So happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here too. And I am especially excited to talk to you because I think that you and I literally met on the first day of acupuncture school. And first day of class, it was crazy. Yeah, it was many years what ago. What <laughs> an amazing whole new world we just stepped into. I know, right? Yeah. I don't think we knew what we were getting ourselves into. And we yeah. came in the spring semester too. Yes, yes. So like everybody else had a trimester on us already. That's and right. And we're all talking about these different concepts and theories, like wind and damp and everything else. I'm like, what is going on here? I know. But I you know, know. but you just you just keep on going. Right? That's you right. Keep going, and you learn. You pick up a little more. And you pick up a little more. So <laughs> That's right. It worked out. <laughs> so before you studied acupuncture, you practiced martial arts. Is that right? I did. Um, you know, I think it's. I've been involved in some kind of physical activity for kind of as long as I can remember, you know, from soccer as a child, I wrestled in my teens. I got into rock climbing and hiking, which I still do to this day. I just love getting out there. Um, you know, and in college I got involved in like uh, more Tai Chi, but that kind of morphed into meeting different people in self-defense. So mm -hmm. next thing I knew, like I was going to kickboxing classes and small dojos with like, just, it was fun sparring with these, people that had been doing it for years and they saw me as like this little 19 20 21 year old kid who was just kind of in there and I was skinny you know I was trying to do my stuff and it was <laughs> awesome because they all fostered just a, a real love for what they were doing um and uh, and taught me so much oh wow um, so you know along with that like kickboxing then I did a little bit of aikido um, which I love actually I really want to get back into that at one point because it's one of those things that you know, it's more energetic in the sense of like you use the person's energy against mm. them, you know, so it's, you know, for the last time, for the last while I've been doing more Krav Maga, mm -hmm. which is like, hey, punch you in the face and get out. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what Krav Maga is. And um, it's amazing self-defense. It's super easy once you get the technique down <laughs> and it's quick, uh, but it's very, uh, you know, um, 
And uh, yeah, so I've had my share with that side of stuff too. But you no, know, but I, you know, I always go back to um, the Tai Chi and my roots and Qigong and meditation. And that's kind of what got me. That's what kind of got me involved to start doing my profession now was all uh, of that. So martial arts led you to Chinese medicine? It did. It did. Uh, actually, yeah, I went to Sonoma State University. It's a Northern California college. Mm -hmm. um, and there I met Dr. Katie Ha. And Dr. Katie is like, she is bright, bright eyes. Mm. You know, little gray hair, kind of very small, um, wearing her red robes. You know, she's a Buddhist nun, um, a white Caucasian woman. Um, big blue eyes mm -hmm. and you just hear you're like oh you're just an amazing light being you know mm. um, and she taught us tai chi signed up for a tai chi class there at Sonoma State and it was in this like small little field they call it the field house it was a small uh, gymnasium basically mm -hmm. lights were down you know candles were on the floor she had music and shakers and all this other stuff I'm like what is this <laughs> we're getting ourselves into and it was amazing because it wasn't so much teaching her, teaching us uh, Tai Chi as in like, hey, let's move our bodies this way, that way, 90 degrees this way, 45 degrees this way. It was more about learning how to breathe. Mm, wow. Learning how to uh, center yourself. She'll go from playing Santana music really loud in the, in the gymnasium. And then all of a sudden she'll turn it off and she's like, okay, stand, hold the ball of energy in front of you breathe use the bumblebee breath oh wow or do the snake breaths and we would do that and that would be uh sporadically pulled into the uh the session that day oh, and wow. so we learned how to just connect with our energy and it was never about the form it was more about playing with energy and she'd say it all the time you're just playing with energy here you go and she had a very sweet little voice um, the one thing I remember her always saying was nowhere to go, nothing to do. Mm, wow. And you'd be standing there and you're like, yeah, what the heck am I worried about? You know, uh, a girl, uh, a grade, a test, uh, buddies, whatever. Um, wow. it was none of that. And yeah. so you come out of that after an hour and you go back into the world and you're like, man, that grass and the quad just looks so beautiful right now. Like there's blue skies, there's clouds and everything just got easier. Yes. You know, like my studies got easier. My relationships got better. You know, I started doing, I stopped doing some of the stuff that was, you know, kind of put me down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so it's brightened everything up and I met a great community in the process. So wow. long story, but yeah. No, it's so fascinating because you, you talk about the self-healing power of movement. And that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Like, what does that mean? But you're already painting the picture of, of how you learned that early on. Yeah. Um, I think the breath work's a big one mm -hmm. because I think, well, what I see from my patients and even myself when I'm under stress, I'll start chest breathing. Mm -hmm. I don't, or I won't be breathing at all. I'm like, wait, how am I even alive right now? I'm not even breathing. <laughs> And um, yeah, so instead of, you know, looking at a baby breathe, you know, their mm -hmm. bellies just expand and contract with every inhalation and exhalation. And so I look at that now going, okay, if we can massage our internal organs by breathing through our belly, mm -hmm. then that's a big one. And especially mm -hmm. with back pain or disc pain, because we need to massage everything else that's going around in there. And we need to get the breath transform the circulation that's going through there. 
and push things and squeeze and massage our own internal organs. Um, so one of the things that I actually give my, my uh, patients to do is I'll have them put my hand, like put your hands around your, around your stomach, like putting your fingertips in the front and putting your thumbs in the back. Okay. I'm doing that now. They're in kind of power stance, right? And all you're doing is you're inhaling through your belly and you want to feel that inhalation, push the front of your fingers and push the back of your thumb. Mm. It's yeah. You have to, you have to think about it. You have to, you have to be intentional about it because to really get it to push the back of my thumbs, I'm trying it right now. I really have to take in a deep breath to do that's that. the big one because sometimes what people teach will teach abdominal breathing right and it'll be kind of which i love i mean that's the basis of it right you fill up the sink and it goes into everywhere else mm-hmm. you know? um but you you breathe through your belly but you're also putting breathing into the back ribs mm-hmm. that's creating more space mm-hmm. and if there's more space especially around the mid portion of your body everything thrives right Okay. I have so much that I want to ask you as follow-up questions. This is fascinating. So, so you talk about massaging the internal organs Mm -hmm. with the breath. This is, this is a fascinating concept. So talk more about how, how exactly that works. Is it just the movement of the air moving in and out that gets the organs to move around? That's a big one. Um, That's, that's the big portion of it. What I think is when your body starts to get that movement going on, you're getting more blood flow and oxygen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you get more blood flow to the area, then you're getting more oxygen to the area. Mm -hmm. You're getting more nutrients to the area. Mm -hmm. So when the bloodstream is stuck, right, there's that TCM statement of fact that talks about when there's pain, then, you know, the chi is stagnant. So when there's no, when there's, when the chi is flowing, then there's no pain. So that's the kind of concept you want to work with on this. Okay. 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 So moving the blood brings more oxygen, gets rid of toxins, gets them flowing at in and out of there. And you're getting more nutrients going along involved too. But I think it goes back to the big point of the space factor. Right. Because, you know, because too much, especially if you're looking like a herniated disc or a bulge or a pinch going on, everything is compressed. So we got to have that space open up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... um you know, I've hurt my back in the past and I'll kind of get into that as the conversation flows. But one thing that I like doing is grabbing a bar and literally just hanging from it, mm-hmm. you know, and letting my lower body just kind of relax and open up. And there's that space, like an accordion and kind of opening up and you're like, oh, I can breathe into that space. And it feels so good. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're talking about the exercise where you have your hands on your hips and the thumbs are on the back and you're trying to get the thumbs to move, which yeah. takes some intention. Well, then I think about the kidneys mm-hmm. because the kidneys are, you know, rest in the lower back. Yeah. And that's an area that's so important in Chinese medicine. And it, that takes a little more effort to to get the air moving around the kidneys and to open that space up. And the kidneys yeah. are related to the low back in Chinese right. medicine. Yeah. So like really getting that breath into the kidney area mm-hmm. is so important. Absolutely. Big time. And, and this exercise can also be done on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, actually when I first introduced to people, I actually have them, I actually push the top of the ribs on push the top of the ribs downwards and have them push their ribs into the table. Oh. That's another way of seeing it. So uh-huh. they can kind of feel that extra pressure going on. But 
you could do it at home while you're on the car, but you can put your hands behind your back, like flat if you're lying down mm -hmm. and feel the ribs on the back of your hands and then inhale that way while you're lying mm -hmm. down on your back. So mm -hmm. simple things can be done just even before you go to bed at night. But I love the fact that you brought up the kidneys because yeah, in Chinese medicine, kidneys are all about longevity and bones and back pain and knee pain and aging. Right. You know, so the more we can to stimulate those kidneys, it's, it's only going to benefit us. Right, right. I so you talked about you know kind of how you how you start introducing these concepts to your patients when they're when they're on the table in your treatment room and you can you lead them through some exercises. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about about your practice and sort of sort of what you focus on and and how you how you approach treating pain. So, but first I want to hear more about your advanced training in acupuncture orthopedics. And, and first, let me back up a little and talk about sure. acupuncture education and training for mm -hmm. our listeners who haven't been to acupuncture school. So acupuncturists are trained as general practitioners, and we all graduate with a foundation of a sort of general acupuncture medicine. And then some practitioners stay generalists, which is what I have done, and other practitioners like you will choose to develop more of a specialty and there are advanced training and certification options for your specialty of choice. So um, talk about the advanced training you've done in acupuncture orthopedics and you know what all did that entail and how do you incorporate that into your practice now? Sure, sure. Um, well, you know, it's, what's interesting is that nowadays, I think even Yosan does a, uh, a track of like um, you know, body movement, uh, pain clinics and so forth. Um, they do a little more track that way. When we started, it was like, you know, it's very general and, and it taught us the basics. And, you know, one of the reasons why you chose Yosan to begin with is because of their chi development program. Yes. Um, because when other schools were saying, oh yeah, take one class in Tai Chi or energetics and that's what you got. And Yosan was like, no, you're taking 12 units here, pal. Every and semester. I'm like, great. Every semester we're working <laughs> with our bodies. We're working on the breath. We're working on movement. Sounds good to me. And honestly, I think it actually helped us get through the program. Definitely. Um, because, you know, just that, hey, twice a week, we're doing 30 minutes to an hour of Tai Chi or something of that nature. And I think just for our own mental stat and our own mental state, that was a great thing to do. Have that incorporated as the as part of the foundation. So yeah. I digress. Um, but the uh, acupuncture orthopedics program. So at Cedar sinai um, Dr. Lerner uh, was, Dr. Lerner is a chiropractor. Uh, he ran a part of the pain clinic over there at Cedar sinai So he developed a year long program where you would go there a weekend a month and for a whole year. And you would go through the program. You, you basically broke it down into sections. So here we're learning about are certain, you know, here we're learning about the head and neck, here we're learning about the thoracic, here we're learning about arms, shoulder stuff. And, and you just broke it down all the way down to the very toes and ankles and everything else that went along with it. Um, so every module was related to a certain area. And then he would bring in specialists. Mm -hmm. So we would know how to communicate with certain Western practitioners on what's going on in these areas. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, why do you give a shot? What happens here? What happens in an actual surgery? What's the recovery like going on there too? So those kind of questions we don't normally get to ask anybody because we don't have those resources. Right. Um, unless you have know somebody in the family or something like that. Right. right? Um, right. So this was this allowed us to do that. And then he also um played paid particular attention to muscle testing. He paid particular attention to trigger point. Uh, 
you know, trigger points. Mm-hmm. He paid a lot of attention to imaging. Ah. So when it came down to um, when it came down to talking about imaging, he would show us X-rays, MRI, CT um, scans, and so forth, and that way we could see what the heck people were talking about when they talked about this stuff. You know, we would learn how to read reports. Um, I remember he had us go on this website. I think it was called like Aunt Millie or Aunt Manny or something like that. Um, or you could sign up for an account. It's like a free account. And you could basically go through a case study. And here's it is. This is the x-ray. Here's what it's showing. And you're like, what do you think it is? And it's like, oh, wow. It was you. And you have no <laughs> idea, but it'd be a blast just to play with it and be like, okay, if I'm in the ballpark, cool. I got, I'm getting the idea. And right. that was always the idea. It's something Dr. Lerner would always say, like, be in the ballpark. Mm. From there, you can get more specific. But if you're not in the ballpark, you're, you know, what are you doing here? Right. So that was a big thing. Um, you know, I went through with a couple of friends and uh, with that too. So it was a lot of fun doing that every weekend with them too. Yeah. Um, so my second foray into this was with Don Lee. Um, Don Lee was, you know, one of Dr. Lerner's pupils, right? But Dr. Lee is like, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. He's a big nerd. Uh-huh. <laughs> he will dive into anything and he'd be like, he will just totally dive and dissect it and then make it simple for you. Yeah. Um, and he paid a lot of attention to the practical hands-on treatment portion because he's an acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. You know? So for him, it was like, here's how you do this. Here's how you feel. Here's how you touch. Um, here are these different things like orthobionomy and, and cross neural reflex and reciprocal inhibition. And like those little things, it's like, I'd never even thought of those things. Yeah, if you flex something, the other ha- the other side has to stretch. So, mm-hmm. and that's just yin and yang of the body. Exactly. Right? So, okay, cool. Um, orthobionomy is a way of like touching somebody's, um, somebody's skin or joints area and then just gently pressing and gently turning. And like, and you could take a lot of pain off of somebody's sacrum just by applying a little bit of pressure to it and doing a slight twist. Mm. You know, if you feel along the edges of their, their outer bilia, right? The mm-hmm. outer sacrum, you press and you're like, ah, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Okay. Let me press the sacrum. Let me turn it a little bit. Which way feels better this way or this way. And then they're like, okay, this way feels better. Great. Let me hold that for a second. And then I recheck. And a lot of times, like a good 30 to 50% of the pain from the trigger points are actually relieved. So I like to get my hands on people. And that's a lot of what I learned with Don, with Don Lee, um, so he was the Academy of Orthopedic Acupuncture. Um, I'm not sure if he's even offering classes anymore, but mm. I think he moved to Columbia. Oh, but um, but he, you know, I I, I really enjoyed his program because it was very hands-on. I'm very I'm a, I'm a very kinesthetic learner. I like getting my hands on people, so mm-hmm. that's why I enjoyed it. And that that is one of the pillars of diagnosis in Chinese medicine is palpation. And as acupuncturists, we're trained to palpate pulses and use that as a diagnostic method. But there's so much more to palpation than just feeling yeah. people's radial pulses. Yeah. And you can you can gather so much information. And it sounds like that was really emphasized in that program. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. There, I mean, I've, I've, you know, you run across different people. I say this to a to a I was in Hawaii. And one of my favorite body worker, honestly, this woman named Dr. Nancy Fitzgerald, she's a chiropractor, but she does a lot of massage, a lot of ART work. Um, and you know, I go in there and I walk out of there. I'm like, Oh, I just feel so much better because she takes in consideration all the muscles involved in the body and the back, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I've had my back, my share of back pain. And 
And going in there, you start to realize like, oh, all of these muscles are compensating and trying to help, but they're having trouble helping. And so they're trying to do this job. And this other person, this other muscle over here is trying to do this job and they're not talking to each other. Right. All of a sudden, my right hip is yanking forward. My, you know, my lower back is tending this way. My knees now going inwards. I mean, it's a big mess, you know. (laughs) But uh, so having somebody learn those, have those techniques in order to share with you has taught me a whole bunch along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to steal techniques from everybody I come across. I do too. I mean, yeah. why not? We, yeah, we of course. yes, yes. And it's, we're, it's all, our... we're, all, we're all better, you know, together as we learn. Exactly. So. And it's in service of our patients. So yeah, I totally sure. agree. Um, well, you know, you talked about, you know, muscles sort of compensating for one another. You know, in, in Chinese medicine, we're very big on finding and treating root causes. So let's let's talk about some sources of pain. And that's because that's one thing that you you do in your book, too, is you try to help people understand wh- what are the sources of their pain. So what what do you see are some of the most common causes of back pain and musculoskeletal pain? I, I would go from the very start, I would say stress is a big one. Mm. And you think about it, like when you're stressed out, you get the fight or flight thing going on, your body yeah. gets a little tense, you're, you know, you get more blood flow kind of going out to your limbs and not necessarily to your torso anymore. So you're not digesting, uh, your heart rate gets a little higher, you're not breathing as much, everything just gets tight including like neck and shoulders. You're trying to protect yourself from that saber tooth tire, biting your mm-hmm. neck, that type mm-hmm. of thing. You're crouching down a lot to kind of mm-hmm. make yourself smaller target, that type of thing. Um, so that whole fight or flight thing, it's, you know, overall it's fine. It's, it can be beneficial, mm-hmm. but, you know, but in a chronic, it can be beneficial, but when it comes down to us having that constantly, yeah, now yeah. we're worried not so much about somebody chasing us as we are as an email coming through or yeah. how our message sounds to this other person or whatever's going on in the world right now. And it's like, so we need to just breathe <laughs> going mm-hmm. back to that, mm-hmm. going back to that. But um, that stress response and cortisol is, is now being flushed in through your body when the cortisol comes in and then you're having a lot more problems going on because that's creating more inflammation. Mm-hmm. That inflammation is pressing on things now. Now everything's getting tighter and it's harder to move. So mm-hmm. that's when muscles get more tight and you're harder, you know, they're harder to, um, your mobility gets more tight. And then there, I see a lot in my practice of just a domino effect. And yeah. one area gets tight or one area becomes stagnant. And then the body tries to help by diverting chi flow around the area of stagnation or, you know, moving the blood somewhere else or tightening up another muscle in response to balance out that yin and yang. Yeah. And um, sometimes I feel like, like muscle tightness, just pin pinballs across the body. Have you ever seen that? um, There's a picture where it shows what is your progression of pain Mm. or what, what getting out of pain looks like. And you think it looks like a straight arrow kind of going up to the top or, or mm. starting, right? If you're starting up here, the pain's here and you're like, okay, the pain should decrease all the way down, but it'll go like down then up and then down and mm-hmm. back and back around again. And, mm-hmm. and it's not always so linear. And right. so we have to flow with all this. And that's where I think the, the stress response of the body, and the more we can relax into it, 
the more mm-hmm. we can be aware of what's happening, the faster we're going to recover. Mm-hmm. Because being under pain is stressful. And yes. that too, right? Because then your head gets in the whole mix also. What is it going to do? How am I going to work? How am I going to sleep? How am I going to wake up in the morning? And then that just cascades into all of other stuff. Um, you know, so that's, that's the biggest cause for me, but then you got like, you know, age is a factor as you get older, you don't heal as quickly. Right. So that could be a big one, right. Excess weight, mm-hmm. you know, could be a big factor. If you have a lot going on, especially around your abdomen area, that can be, that can be tough. Uh, sitting too long. I, I tell people all the time, you got to get up. You have to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't sit there all day long and expect your back to be happy with you. Right. Because those muscles, those sitting muscles, the hip flexors especially get short. And if they're, if they're expecting you to be short all day long, they'll just stay short. So when you stand up and be like, oh, I've got to stretch out my back and stretch out my legs and that type of thing. Like think about how you feel after a long drive somewhere. Yes. You get out of the car, you put your hands on your back, you lean backwards. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about. You have to get up and move. Mm-hmm. That's interesting how you phrase that. It's like the, if, the body thinks that those muscles are going to stay short. And I just think it's so fascinating what the body does because it's always trying to help us. And it's not that that the body is doing anything wrong. It's just that we are living in a way that is not harmonious with how our bodies are made and not harmonious with nature. If the body thinks we're going to sit all day and require the muscles to be shortened in our lower back, then it's going to be like, okay, let's do this. But um, it's not it's not how our bodies are are made to be used. We're, we're made to move. My seven year old kid, for instance, like he can jump, climb, fall. He will like fall all over the place. And like <laughs> you know, we'll go on hikes with other other families, especially families that have girls. And the moms will be like, oh, "Is he okay? Is he okay?" I'm like, "Dude, he's fine." Like, she <laughs> back every single time. But kids are just so pliable and they move in all these different ways and contort their bodies in all these different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's really where we can be yeah. if we allow ourselves to move. Yeah. You know, so like, especially for men, like opening up your hips, mm-hmm. that's a big one. You know, opening up your hips, uh, you know, doing lying down and stretching backwards. Um, yeah. That can be a big one too, because we're all the time we're leaning forward. Yeah, we sit in a we sit in a car, we sit in a, a cubicle, or you know, sit yep. at your desk all day. Everything's kind of going forward. It's hunch over and eat dinner while you're watching TV. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. like all those big like sun salutations and you know cobra when we were doing yoga. I mean, like all those things are so good for you. Um, we have the chai. Uh, we have qigong for back pain. Mm-hmm. We have a DVD at the Taiwanas, um, and it's fantastic because it incorporates all these different movements from beginning to advanced. And it's like, you could do things while you're lying in bed, little stretches. You could do things while you're sitting in a chair and do that. You can do things while you're standing up and just flow your body around and allow it to move. Mm-hmm. So actually, I actually made during the, um, during COVID, um, we were having much less patience. So of course we had to reach out to our patients more. We were making videos and I mm-hmm. made a bunch of videos on like young, or what do you call it? I And I called it young spine, young body. Oh, oh, yes. If your spine is young, then your body's young. You're only as old, you're only as old as you're old or young as your spine is, is uh, pliable. Yes. Because the more rigid you get, the more old you get, the more old you feel. Okay. So are those videos on YouTube? Uh, They are on YouTube. Okay. They are on YouTube and uh, they will actually be 
best way to find them is going to either YouTube because Dow Wellness has a whole bunch of videos on there and you mm-hmm. can search my name. You'll find it there. Otherwise, okay. um, on the Tao of Wellness Facebook page, okay. uh, actually the Tao of Wellness Pasadena Facebook page is where you'll find a lot of my things on there, everything that I write, everything that I um on my YouTube pages and so forth. So well, well, I'll I'll find that and we'll link to that in the show notes so people can find that easily. That I mean, that sounds like an amazing resource. So why don't you walk me through uh, sort of what happens when a patient comes to you for any type of musculoskeletal pain? What's your approach? Like, what what could a patient expect if they schedule an appointment with you and they've mm-hmm. got pain? Well, what is the treatment plan that you're going to walk them through? They'll come in and we'll talk. You know, I want to know how it happened. I want to know when it happened. I want to know what the onset was like, what the pain quality is and so forth. Right. You get all the basics of stuff and then you're like, how does it make you feel? What are your goals? Sometimes they just want to, I mean, I've got one of my clients, uh, 85 year old man. He could not play golf more than you know, one time a week because mm-hmm. it was hurting him. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to play golf every single day. I'm okay. like, okay, let's make that happen. So that was his goal. Yeah. Right? So we got him to a point where he could actually do it. First, he started with nine holes, like twice a week. <laughs> now he, then he progressed himself up and now he can go out to his desert home and, and go play golf out in Palm Springs, like all the time he wants. Yeah. So that was a great success story on this guy. Uh, but he also did everything that, you know, I told him to do. And, you know, some of the things that we go through in the consultation, like working on an anti, working on an anti-inflammatory diet, mm, right? mm-hmm. cutting out your coffee, dairy, alcohol, sugar. Everybody hates me for saying those four things, <laughs> stuff, right? So coffee, dairy, alcohol, sugar, cut them down or at least minimize them as much as you can. And it may be just for a short, short amount of time while you're in this extreme pain. Mm-hmm. If you come out of a 10 out of 10 and you're not willing to, to take those things out of here, then you got a bigger issue going on. Mm-hmm. Right. So just cut it out for four days and see how you feel. Mm. Um, you four know, days is doable. Anybody right. can do it's four I mean. days. Like, yeah. Just try doing that throughout the week and see how you feel. The one, the one thing I try not to tell people is if you're having like two, three cups of coffee, don't go down to zero. You're yeah. just going to have headaches and hate Headache. me. And Headache so, city. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't do that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, start to minimize those things. Watch out for nightshade vegetables. Mm-hmm. Right. Your, um, your potatoes, your tomatoes, your mm-hmm. eggplants and bell peppers, where you got to watch out for those things because those nightshade vegetables have a little toxin and they give you a little toxin kick mm-hmm. um, that will irritate and create more inflammation. And of course, junk food and all that kind of stuff. And even too much red meat can be hard for you. Mm-hmm. Okay? But then you go into whole, all, all kinds of other stuff like have turmeric, have rosemary, have cumin, have uh, mint in your diet, have all the fish oils and good fatty fishes in there. Eat your nuts and seeds, have sweet potatoes and onions and avocados and all your uh, antioxidant berries, you know, that type of stuff. There's plenty to eat. Yeah, you're not even going to miss the sugar and the alcohol and the dairy with all the other stuff you can eat. Listen, if you're going to start to feel better, you know, just start to cut a few things out and add more stuff in. Yeah. I'm more concerned about people eating the same thing all the time Ah. instead of having a whole variety. Right. Look, we're, we're giving this abundance in the world of all this stuff. Yeah. And so go ahead and take it, explore it and play with it. Yeah. That's, that's the anti-inflammatory diets. Um, so I'll talk to them about that. I'll talk to them about herbal therapy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to give my, my patients herbs mm-hmm. because like you mentioned earlier about the root 
of the cause. So we're trying to get the root of the matter. So sometimes if I'm feeling their pulses and their kidney pulse um, is very weak, well, they don't have enough power to even fight their current ailment. So we have to boost them up. Yeah. We can't just go, okay, hey, let's put a bunch of blood movers in you. Let's move this stuff out of there. Let's create less inflammation. Let's create more blood circulation. That's all great. But if they don't have enough power behind them, they don't have a chi to float the boat, then that's a problem too. We need to add some herbs into that. Mm-hmm. So I'll explain that whole process and what we do there. Um, so after talking to them about everything, uh, I'll get them on the table and I'll do some tests. I'll do some muscle testing. I'll see how their psoas is. I'll see how their quadratus lumborum, the two rectangular muscles in the low back around the kidney area, how they are stabilizing the body. Um, I'll give them a straight leg raise, of course, to make sure that their body doesn't have a herniated disc of any sort. Mm -hmm. That's just, we want to rule out the big stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to feel around their areas around their pelvis, around their obliques. Um, I love doing that one because I'll feel around their obliques and one side will be ticklish or one side will be painful. Really? It almost feels gummy around the pelvic arc there. Um, you know, gummy feeling. I use all the technical terms I can on my patients, of course. <laughs> um, and I'll say, hey, feel this. Okay, cool. And then I'll do a little work with just trigger points or moving their shifting their pelvis around or pulling a leg this way or that way just to see how things change. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, we can get a little bit uh, taken off the top, mm. the paint taken off the top just by doing those things. Okay, cool. Now we've got a little bit of a clear pain field. Let's do some acupuncture with you now. And sometimes this, sometimes we do acupuncture right on their back. If we're talking about back pain, sometimes I'll flip them over. They'll be face down. I'll do some acupuncture on their spine or next to their spine or around the areas of the lower back, the lumbar basically, or top of the butt area. Those things that are all tense. Right? And if they can't get there, then I'll treat them face up or I'll treat them in a chair. Mm-hmm. And we just move the chi down because, yeah. you know, in Chinese medicine, the channels go from I mean, the urinary bladder channel goes from the eye all the way to the pinky toe. Mm-hmm. You know? So then that goes right through the whole back. So we can do different points along the back, the legs, the top of the head in order to treat back pain. And along the way, we've learned these different things about distal acupuncture, which I love having part of my, as part of my toolbox. Mm-hmm. Because some days I'll say, let's treat local. Okay, other strides will treat distal. Today, I'm going to treat your face up. I got to take care of all the muscles in the front now and not just the muscles in the back. So that's the type of thing that I love to do. Sometimes I use electroacupuncture. Uh, I think it has its benefits for sure, um, you know, to get more blood flow going through the, through the needle into mm-hmm. the fascia, right? We can get that tissue more relieved and I think it's a great thing to use. Uh, don't use it all the time. I think it's, we don't want to shock too many people. Sometimes we got to push gently steer them in the right direction and say, <laughs> uh, let's get it out let's get it out yeah so that's that's the kind of thing i like to do and then i give them some exercises and i send them home and i said hey where you are right now this is how i want to treat you you know clinically speaking from what i've seen in these type of patients in your case this is what this is what's going to get you the best results mm-hmm. so sometimes that can look at like hey three times a week sometimes that can look like dude i need to see you the next four days yeah um, otherwise, like, yeah, I'll see you once a week, but you better take your herbs and you better do all this other stuff if you can't, you know, and we got to get them on board with me as well, because I could give them all the tips and all the suggestions, but if they're not going to do any of it, I got to kind of meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. When I was 
thinking about this, I was like, how do I prepare people for this? What kind of tips do I give people? And I could tell them, hey, go walk in every day, uh, stretch every single day, uh, do a little strength training and cut out your coffee. But if they don't want to do any of that, then I got to meet where they are. Right, yeah. right. And and that's not and to that's say okay. that, yeah, exactly. That is okay. It's not to say that acupuncture is not going to do anything to help them. Uh, but it, acupuncture is one tool. And... And there are many, many tools that we can bring to bear on a situation like back pain or musculoskeletal pain. Mm -hmm. And that's really what you outline in your book too, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think there's, there's so many different modalities out there that can, that can be helpful for you, right? I mean, the Qigong being one of them, the stretching is, is a big one. Uh, the anti-inflammatory diet, the, um, the, all the movement that's, the, that's available there too. Mm -hmm. um, I, I personally, I like chiropractic. Some mm -hmm. people don't, you know, I like it in spurts. I think it's one of those things that's like, sometimes the body just needs the big shift. Yeah. And we take care of a lot of the little ones because acupuncture can be, is, is amazing. Acupuncture is amazing to take care of soft tissue and fascia and movement, blood flow. Sometimes it doesn't move the structure fast enough. Right. To get somebody out of pain. So it's a great right. opportunity to refer somebody and have somebody. I mean, I refer to my chiropractor all the time just to get them out of the pain. And she's great at referring them right back to me and go, okay, cool. Here you go. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's a great opportunity to network with different people, you know, physical therapists and, and doctors and pain management people and so forth. Cause sometimes they may need that corticosteroid shot. Exactly. You know, sometimes they may need that surgery, but yes. our job is to clear the playing field so they make the surgery a lot easier so they can make the recovery a lot easier. Yeah. So let's talk a minute about that because um, I, sometimes, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I'll have a patient sort of sheepishly say like, oh, I decided to get a steroid shot in my shoulder. And I'm like, <laughs> that's great because that is going to bring your inflammation level down. And then it's going to make my job easier as an acupuncturist to keep your chi flowing as it should. And it is perfectly okay to, you know, take a sledgehammer to a problem sometimes. Um, I mean, acupuncture reduces inflammation, no doubt about it, but it doesn't reduce inflammation in the same way that a steroid shot does. Right, right. And there are there are benefits to both types of approaches and there are limitations to both types of approaches too. Yeah. And I think about the same thing with, with surgery. I love treating pa patients pre and post surgery. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it, it, their recovery time is just so much faster. They feel so much better. And, and like you said, it's sort of like, it like clears the field. It helps the body recover and prepare and heal. Absolutely. I just had a patient who, I mean, you know, 85 year old woman just fell in her kitchen and broke her and, and fractured her elbow and her hip. Oh, I mean, oh. the poor woman had to crawl to the door to let the 911 folks in. Oh, you know, like, and so she called me and, and she's like, Albert, you need to come to my house and take care of me. I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. So I came to her house and there she was on the couch, oh. all, like just still all bruised up and everything else. And, you know, no function. She could not get up. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was just a matter of healing her much faster. And so when it came time to get her stronger, 
and get her moving again, everybody was saying, oh yeah, it's going to be a period of months in order for you to stand up again. You're going to need X, Y, and Z. You're going to need home care. It's been about less than, less than five weeks. And wow. she stood up and answered the door for me the other day. Oh, Normally wow. I'm just like, I walk, walk in. I'm like, oh my God. I almost like, I almost started crying. To see her. I was so <laughs> excited that she just got up there and she was like, she had the biggest, uh, biggest grin on her face. Like she just, you know, she was the cat that ate the canary. Like it was, so I bet, yeah. I bet. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, helping me out. I think that we can help people heal in half the time. A lot of times. Yeah. You know, especially I agree. So I again, agree. so moving blood flow, getting rid of all that toxin out of there, moving the, the inflammation out, all those things are very helpful. So really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like acupuncture and all of the other methods that you're describing too, it just, it just naturally moves the body in a direction that it, that it intuitively wants to be in. And, you know, the body wants to be in a state of balance and in a, a state of minimal pain. Yeah. And it just needs some, some suggestions getting there sometimes. Absolutely. I mentioned that high back pain. Being active all my life, I would always, you know, especially physically active like this, like I would think it would come up. I'd get a back pain here, shoulder injury there. Actually, the first time I tried acupuncture, I was with USA Wrestling and we were actually traveling to, we traveled to Moscow and to Kazakhstan and different places for two oh, weeks wow. in the springtime when I was 17 years old. Well, out there, they're big on their wrestling. And mm-hmm. so I have 14 year old kids that were monsters. They were just like stacked and they were super strong and they had been practicing wrestling for since they were like four years old. <laughs> they were so good. And I thought I was like, I was a little cocky, but, and, and they would just drop me on my back and drop me on my shoulder, that type of thing. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, that was the first time I got a big stinger. I couldn't lift up my arm. Like I was, you know, I'm like, Oh no, my whole, my whole uh, wrestling trip is ruined. And that was the first time I tried acupuncture. And he's like, my coach said, hey, take off your shirt, lie face down. This guy's going to do acupuncture on you. I'm like, uh, whatever you say, coach. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was the time. And he, they don't use, at the time, this guy was not using those very fine needles that we mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. He was big, Russian, heavy-handed. I don't know what size these needles were, but they did, they did not feel thin, <laughs> hurty, and they were painful. And uh, so, but, you know, a couple of treatments, and I was back out there. Wow. So, that was my first foray. Um, but two years ago, I, I had, a, I suffered with a herniated disc. Oh, okay. So my whole back was locked up into spasm. I was getting pain going all the way down to my feet. I, my, the one thing that really scared me was my upper thigh. Uh, and it was a small section about, I don't know, like five by five. Actually, it's not that small of my leg was numb. Oh, wow. um, I was like, I can't feel this when I scratch my upper leg. This is not good. Yeah. And so I immediately went in to get imaging and so forth. I knew, I knew what it was, but you have to get the extent of what it is. Cause you don't, I mean, especially if you know kind of what you're doing, you don't have to have all that imaging. I had a guy who was in his forties that came into me. He's like, I don't have insurance. He walked into me like one, like just, he was bent from size. Oh. Did not come around. I'm like, I know what it is. Let's work on it. He's like, great, let's work on it. And he got better. Um, but so for me, it was one, how we talked about the stress response and how it was scary. And, oh my gosh, I got two kids and they're super active and I love being active. How am I ever going to do this X, Y, and Z again? Um, 
And so that was, it was, you know, and I still worked. I was like yeah. working on people, like my holding my core as strong as I can to support everything. Um, but it was, I'm telling the story because I got better. Yeah. Ultimately, I got better because I incorporated all the things that I learned. The first thing I did when it started happening was I started doing my Qigong movements and I could barely move my, my pelvis could not move back and forth. And so I started doing a little anterior, posterior tilting. I was like, it could not go anywhere, but I kept working at it and I kept working at it. I was breathing, doing all the anti-inflammatory stuff. I would get some chiropractic help. Uh, you know, Dr. Dow would come over and treat me every now and again. He's like, come to Santa Monica. I'll treat you every day if you want. I'm like, I can't drive 45 minutes to Santa Monica and then <laughs> spend the time in the car on the way back because my back is just killing me. Um, but thank you, you know. So, um, so we we got it all involved. So, I mean, I'm telling you the story because I can, I hike, I climb, I, you know, I, I mess around with my kids all the time. We're always like fighting and wrestling and all this other stuff, um, you know, and and you can get better, but you have to be patient with it. And you have to do the things that will push you towards pain, a pain-free life little by little. And that involves you being a participant in that. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about our medicine because you're describing all of these, all of these ways to help people heal. Um, you know, you're part of that. You, you stick needles in people, but, and you prescribe herbs, but so much of it is what the, what the patient does to yes. heal themselves. Yeah. And all of this is happening without side effects of, of medications. It's just like all natural and it's effective and there are no side effects. Yeah. So like acupuncture and Chinese medicine, um, you know, there's just so many benefits and, and literally no drawbacks to doing it. Yeah. I hear you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and they go and they work well with others. Yes. Yeah. We play, we play plays, nice with others. <laughs> plays nice with others. Absolutely. We yeah. do. And so I don't we think do. people can be, you know, I don't think people, I don't think other practitioners of other fields should get threatened. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be threatening anybody else. I don't yeah. want to take anybody else's patients. We just want to do the best thing for the patient to heal. Yeah. And sometimes we see where PT can be tough on a person. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel chiropractic can be tough on a person. Medical doctors, lidocaine shots, sometimes they cause harm. Sometimes they don't work. Sometimes they work for a little while and that's great, but then they're stuck doing their same old thing again. Right. So we need to, you know, we're there just to help facilitate the process of healing. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of it is the body. A lot of it's up here too. A lot of it's the mind and uh, learning how to deal with our issues. I always tell people all the time, like, if you are down in the dumps, no matter what you're feeling, anger, sadness, fear, you know, go into it a little bit, you know, but give yourself a time limit. Mm. You know, go spend 10 minutes and just be upset, you know, be fearful, be cry as much as you want, wail, you know, go for it and then get up. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Because other times if you're in it too long, then it creates a pattern of chronic pain as well. And so you got to limit it, really feel it and move on because there's so many other things, beautiful things in this world that we can address. That's right. And do you feel like then that sort of that's when, when you make that switch from 
feeling it and being in it and being in your emotions and your anger and your sadness and your fear and your stress. And then that moment of moving on, like, what is it that, that helps people flip the switch? I mean, something that immediately comes to mind for me is actual movement. Like, you know, I sit in my sadness or worry or whatever. And then to get out of that, I move, do something physical with my body to like actually move that chi yeah i mean emotions are moving Mm -hmm. right so it's not just the fact that yeah we're getting up after we do the task like we are doing the task and we're moving in that Mm -hmm. task right so if i'm in there and i'm crying for 10 minutes about stuff then dude i am just moving i am i'm letting it go i'm shedding Uh, it is now circulating in me and I'm tapping into those other organs in my body that allow it to be more free. Because in Chinese medicine, we talk about organs and we talk about emotions of the organs and how they play off of one another. Mm-hmm. You know, so like a very simple one is like, if I'm stressed for too much, that can interact on my stomach. Mm-hmm. I can feel a little more gassy. I can feel a little more bloated. Like mm-hmm. I feel that too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we can incorporate those things, then the organs can all play nice with each other. Yes. Right, we're talking about playing nice a lot. Right? <laughs> I think it's important that we all turn and play nice, including this internal little universe we have inside ourselves. But the more we can nurture that, I feel like the better off we're going to be. I agree. So something else Chinese medicine is big on is prevention. And you talk about prevention in your book. It's much easier to prevent pain than to treat it. So what are just some practical tips that you have for people to prevent pain and injuries? Um, I think the first one would be to reduce the inflammation from the get-go. Um, if you eat fried chicken, if you drink a lot, if you don't move, you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just in a general sense, because that's going to create more inflammation in your body. Um, getting proper sleep, mm-hmm. I think is a big one too, because when we don't sleep or when we sleep, our body resets itself. Mm-hmm. And if we don't allow it to sleep, then that's going to create more issues going on there too, because it never allows the body to reset. So in reducing the inflammation, reducing the stress, getting good sleep. Okay. Um, those are the big three. And then, you know, we talked about movement and I think the body doesn't get moved, moved enough throughout the day. You hear about weekend warriors, right? They're working all day. They go outside and they play whatever, pick up basketball games on the weekend, or they go for a long hike or wherever else, go cycling 40 miles, you know, and then they wonder why it's not enough. Right. It's not enough to be a weekend warrior. And it's, it's going from one extreme to another, extreme, extreme yin during the week of sitting all day Mm -hmm. and then extreme Mm -hmm. yang of cycling 40 miles on the weekend. Absolutely. It's too much. It's it's living a balanced life. Yeah. That's where the prevention comes in. Because yeah. I don't mind it. I mean, dude, fried chicken's good. Yes. You know, having, having a glass of wine or a beer every now and so great. That's fine. You know, but but we but we can't do it all the time. Yeah. Especially as we get older. So our body's not healing and processing it as quickly. Right. right. We can get a we can get away a lot while we're 20, but not when we're past 40. Yeah. That's um, the truth. Yeah. You know, my body, I'm 46 now. I mean, I'm healing slower than I used to be, but mm-hmm. I'm also doing the things to take care of myself and that's okay. Um, so if, I think if we just spend, you know, five to 10 minutes every day, just doing something, 
I mean, I have a meditation practice, so I think that's part of, you know, why I can do the things I do and feel good and then have a good outlook on things. I think that's a huge part of my life. You know, having community around you. I think having community is a huge factor, not only on our well-being, but just our general health, mm-hmm. because now we're able to talk to people. Maybe we go do other things. Now we're out of ourselves. Maybe we have friends that do these things, friends that do these things. And, you know, we kind of lean more towards this. So that's, I think the community is a big portion of health in general and longevity. Well, and you talk about that stress piece, how stress can lead to pain and yeah. and community is a way to combat stress. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Think about how like when you're, when you're laughing and playing and having a great conversation, you're not thinking about your pain. That's right. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't come up, you know, unless you're, unless it's what, you know, what you guys always talk about, but you know. <laughs> But even that, it's like, yeah, you can still laugh about it. Yeah, my back's pain killing me. Right. <laughs> but even that's kind of, you're sharing it now. So it's it's tending it outwards and maybe you're getting something back. Because right. I think a lot of times when we're having those pain and and especially chronic and uh, acute situations, we go inward. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out all this stuff and it's it's not always easy. So express yeah. it, move it. Uh, you know, move your body, move your emotions. I think that's a big part of that. Yeah. And once again, movement is self-care. It's healing. Yeah, for sure. I always say like, uh, you know, some people will say, I don't have time to exercise. Mm. You like music? Yes. I love music. Alexa, play my favorite song. Yeah. And then you just dance around and move in your bathroom Yeah, or in your living room. Dude, that's like three or four minutes right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Odds are it turns into three or four songs because it feels good. Do things that make you feel good. Yeah. Right. You don't have to go to the gym for an hour and a half a day. You don't have to go to your yoga class. You know, you don't have to go to there. You don't have to have all these different things set up for yourself. You can do little things throughout your life to do that. Yeah. It's more sustainable that way too. Way more sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And then that'll lead to other things that you like to do anyway. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. it's all that stuff feels good to do so. I mean, I just get back from Hawaii, right? I was... I was uh, waking up with the birds and the ocean. Mm. I was meditating first thing in the morning for a longer period of time. I was playing on the beach. I was swimming. You know, we walked to, we went to the jungle. We were hiking around in the jungle, just taking all that stuff in. Like, and then I came back. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to drive to work. I'm rushing out of the house again. I'm not eating as well as I was before. Like. It's yeah. just, a, it's a big transition. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself going, oh my God, I, I can see how I'm feeling mm-hmm. just doing all those things versus not. There's one thing I like to add um, when I think about it. In regard to patients, when patients that are hearing this podcast right now with us that, you know, maybe don't know everything about acupuncture, don't be afraid to bring something up to your acupuncturist, whether you think it can help or not. Mm, that's great advice. Yeah, because yes. more times than not, like, you know, they may not know, they may not have the information what acupuncture can treat. And it's amazing how much it can treat. Yes. It's amazing how much it can treat, you know? So, so you know, this is hurting me. Yeah. Can you treat migraines? Can you treat toothache pain? Can you treat my IBS? Uh, my wrist is hurting, um, so forth. My eyes are having not have a little blurry vision going on. What's going on there? Yes, we can help that. So don't be afraid to bring that stuff up, even the emotional stuff too, because we can play with that. I got patients now come in. I have a patient the other day. It's like, I just feel angry. Can you work with that? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. There's a specific point for it. Absolutely. There you go. (laughs) Um, Yes, we can. So I think that's, that's a big one for our, our, our layman. Mm -hmm. That's a 
That's a, such a great point. And, and an acupuncturist can help you make connections and see how those things are related, like how your anger is related to your migraines and your blurry vision. Like we can connect those dots for you. So absolutely. Tell us everything. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly. Well, Albert, if people are interested in working with you or learning more from you, where can they find you? Um, easiest places by going to tauofwellness.com. So T-A-O of wellness.com. Um, there you'll find the Pasadena Clinic, the Santa Monica Clinic, because uh, there's two there's two locations. Uh, I run the Pasadena office um, and that's where I am in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. And this is California, mind you. Um, that'd be the best place to start because you can find our email. You can reach out to us from there. You can set up an appointment right there. For people that want to just talk to me that are out of state that aren't necessarily coming in to come in and maybe not be able to come in to see me we can do phone consultations too I oh can tell great them, telemedicine great. so i can talk to them we can send them herbs i can give them a whole i can give them the whole set of things that they can do great as well as follow up with them you know every bi-weekly or so forth too so that's a great thing that we especially started incorporating through 2020 because we weren't everybody wasn't coming in right if you go to the Tablet Wellness website too, you can see the, the word store on the top of the navigation header, and that'll take you to where you can find my book, Back to Pain-Free Health, Secrets of Natural Healing for Back Pain, um, that you can find on the website there as well. Um, if you want a quick quick version, you can get, a, get it on Kindle on Amazon. The best way to find um, resources, I guess, would probably be the Facebook page, the Tower of Wellness Pasadena Okay. Facebook page because that's specifically all the stuff that I'm putting on there. Okay. Uh, so that would, you'll find, you know, video, the YouTube videos on there, articles that I've written, not just about back pain, but whatever allergies and, and fertility and endometriosis and all that kind of stuff too. Well, we will link to all of this information in the show notes so that people can find you and reach out to you and buy your book and, and learn from you. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. It's really great connecting with you again, too. Likewise. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Notes from Your Acupuncturist. If you liked what you heard, please follow this show, leave a rating or review, or just tell someone about it. And if you want to join the conversation, you can subscribe to Notes from Your Acupuncturist on Substack, where you can comment, ask questions, participate in discussion threads, watch videos, and read more of my reflections on acupuncture and healing. Huge thanks, as always, to our paid subscribers for helping keep this work sustainable. You, too, can become a paid subscriber for just a few dollars a month. Just head over to substack.com and search Notes from Your Acupuncturist or click the link in the show notes. Until next time, this is Alexa Bradley-Hulsey, your acupuncturist, signing off with love and gratitude. <laughs>